Well, thank you for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. You're listening to episode 156. Uh, it was an impromptu session after uh, after having to uh, reschedule my my earlier planned interview because of uh, because of our anti sponsor today. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the episode, but didn't get into it too much. My anti-sponsor today is York Dodge out of Prescott, Arizona, uh, who was going to do some work on my truck that was going to take uh, three hours, and eight hours later, I drove out of their parking lot. Uh, not because they ran into problems, but because uh, after an hour and a half, when they were done with their work, nobody called me, and then they didn't have any information when I called them. Oh, when I stopped in, and it turns out they were done in an hour and a half, but it took them eight hours to let me drive out of their lot. So I had to reschedule my entire day. Uh, not real happy with the good folks at York Dodge. Now, got some great people working there, but evidently I fell through the cracks yesterday. So the uh, unofficial and anti-sponsor of today's episode is York Dodge for making me waste an entire day. But it worked out all right because what happened was... Later on in the day, when I didn't have uh, anything scheduled, I bumped into Garrick Rawlings, a local musician, uh, local in Prescott by way of L.A., through Michigan and, uh, and all parts uh, through the Midwest uh, where he grew up. Uh, we talk about his upcoming release. We talk about uh, shows he's seen. We swap some stories and, uh, and, uh, and have a few laughs. We recorded over at the Raven Cafe in Prescott. So check out Garrick at GarrickRawlings.com. Check out the Raven Cafe at RavenCafe.com, a great spot for, for food, beverage, and live music. So enjoy 156 with uh, Garrick Rawlings. And uh, while we were recording in the background, you'll hear a lot of music, Drew Hall, Anton Teschner, Gigi uh, Gonaway, and Milan Hawk were playing at the Raven. Uh, they will be joining me on the show shortly because they've got some some big stuff coming up. So uh, follow all those guys on Facebook. Check out Garrick at GarrickRawlings.com. And, of course, our sponsor today, the official one, is Big Daddy's Barbecue, BDEBBQ.com in Chino Valley, the, uh, the best place you can uh, stuff your face. So enjoy 156 with Garrick Rawlings. Lost in time, lost in time. Now, I was just what distracted me there as I was texting with my buddy and former guest of the show, Mr. Matt Hinshaw, <coughs> who I got trapped at his house today. That's a whole other long story. We'll get into the show is brought to you today by Amazon. Go to the Amazon link at milehighshow.com and do all your online shopping. Doesn't cost you anything extra, but what it does is it gives us a little kickback every month. Now, Having said that, we'll get to our anti-sponsor in a few minutes. The reason I was trapped at Matt Hinshaw's house today. But I get to his house. Oh, and the guest today, Garrick. Garrick Rollins, how are you? Uh, great, Matt. <laughs> Musician Thanks for having me, man. It's just like we planned it. It's man, been weeks in the making. Man about town, who I met in an alley in Chino Valley tonight. I said, hey, you want to go record? So we had a... I got stuck at Hinshaw's today. And I get there as he's just getting up because it's, you know, before noon. And I get there at about 8.45 this morning. 
And uh, he's getting ready for work. And all I want to do is crash on his couch and watch a little TV. Well, the, Diamond Valley. The, yeah, the guy gets a... He's got one TV in his living room, DVD player hooked up to it, Xbox, PlayStation, uh, a Pong machine. I don't know what else he's got. He's got like he's got nine Pong? Things. He's got like nine things hooked up to his TV, including an antenna, some kind of analog DVR thing. I don't know what he's got going, but he's got like nine remotes. That's probably why I don't get any reception at no, my house. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there. I can't. If they say talking on a cell phone causes like health problems and brain waves and brain cancer and stuff. I think I caught leukemia today from sitting next to his bank of, of remote controls. And get this. He goes, this one does the switcher to go back and forth between the different units, the game, the PlayStation, the Xbox, the DVR. This one makes this for volume. This one's to turn the TV on and off. This one's to change channels. And then he hands me one, no lie. This one doesn't work, but here. Like, when... I got one of those between my cassette deck and my turntable. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, just in remotes and cords to hook all these things up and batteries to run those remotes, if Matt Hinshaw, one of my best friends who was on one of the very first shows of these, probably the most recurring guest on this podcast, if he would just buy his batteries by using that Amazon link, <laughs> I think I could retire. Guys never use the Amazon link, and the guy, he gets packages. Every time I go to his house, he's got a new package that just got delivered from Amazon, and he won't use the link. I don't understand. Come it. on, Matt. Cost- well, now I know why Matt Hinshaw glows at night when I see him at night. Yeah, well, if he show, he might show up here. If he does, oh, and here, I'm very unorganized today. Here is the well, we've Raven. We've been planning this for a long here- time. <laughs> this is about 15 minutes ago in Chino here Valley. Here is the Raven, and we are sitting in the back by the best seats in the house, right next to the bathrooms. We get yep. to see everybody coming and going, and going um, out front playing. Anton Teschner, Drew Hall, Milan Hawk, and Gigi Gonaway, right? Yeah, great band, man. The Full house here tonight, too. Pack, Good to see you here in Prescott. Which is another reason why we're back here. One, we don't want to disturb the show going well, on there. Oh, they wouldn't have us in front They're in anyway. a little break. I've, I've, I've <laughs> done that before. But it's just so packed. No elbow room, nothing. It's a, it's a great spot. The Raven, I love live music here. Uh, and, of course, the they under a new banner... They were the uh, Drew and Anton acoustic duo. They were Drew Hall and Anton Teschner something. Now they are the Teschner and what are they calling themselves tonight? Gosh, I don't know. Teschner and Hall group, I think, is what it is. Follow them on Facebook. I thought they were the new Ambrosia. I don't know. (laughs) Follow them on Facebook. Just just go on there. Anton Teschner, just like it sounds. I don't know how to spell it. I'm not going to even try. Uh, and Drew Hall, I know how to spell that. They have both been on the show a bunch of times. But follow their, their uh, groupings because they, they, they play under different groups, solo, as a duet, as a, as a small combo like they got going tonight. And uh, they play all over town and all throughout the, uh, the Verde Valley and down into Phoenix. But great to see live. And they're on Facebook. And I heard something disturbing Wait a minute, there's today. a Facebook? I heard something. 
I heard MySpace. I did activate. No I joke. was so happy that I got my MySpace no going. Joke. You know? I, I, nobody re- I, I re-logged into my MySpace a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I was waiting for something to upload, and I just Googled it, and I had the same recovery email. So I actually went in and updated my MySpace profile. Nice. <laughs> I was so proud when I finally got my MySpace going. I couldn't get through it through my Cable One high-speed modem. I had to actually go to the garage and dial up uh, Get a rotary phone <laughs> to get in, to get into my my MySpace, but I heard something disturbing this afternoon. I heard that Garrick is now on Facebook. I got on the Facebook. <laughs> Welcome to the twentieth century. After, after almost a decade of uh, '09, <laughs> I got on for a minute when my MySpace was still going strong. So, what's your? Uh, where do people find you? It's Garrick Rawlings. That's it. That's it? Uh, uh, or whatever else comes after no, it. So but it's just my... I don't, there, there's not too many it. Garrick yeah. Rawlings. And same thing, Garrick. G-A-R-R-I-C-K-R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S. Launched a like new a website, too, right? Yeah, I got a website going now, too. What is it? GarrickRawlings.com. Com. Cool. I'm catching up with the 21st century, man. No, 20th century, just in time for the 21st. Right, man. You're right, only a century so, behind. And Sorry. before I forget, I love the sound guy here, Jake, at the... Uh, Raven as well. He yeah. also does sound over at the uh, um, the point. I've done a lot of gigs oh, with nice. him. He, nice. he always does a good. Uh-oh, makes a big difference comes. when you got a guy that knows what here he's doing with the, the sound. Man of the hour. What's going on, man? How are Anton. you? <laughs> Anton. Anton. Oh, we don't want to stop me. They're on the, the break. They're on the break. Oh. The band's got to go. I feel I feel like I'm backstage at a at a at a at a big nightclub. Yeah, for your listeners, <laughs> man, we, we are, we're by the ramp. <laughs> To the, for those who aren't familiar with the Raven or are trying to put ourselves, we're, there's two nice lounge chairs by the ramp at, at the end of the ramp by the bathroom, and Matt's looking into the yeah, uh, crowd. I he can, can see, see who's coming, I, and I can only see who's going. No, you can see who just went. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there. So now we got you a great spot down, here. You sat down with uh, Les Lyman and myself uh, several months ago. It was about a year ago, was I think. It? That, well, maybe, wow. Maybe not quite a year. But, Could have been, yeah. Over, yeah we were was, over at Gabby's. Exactly. Gabby's Grill in Prescott Valley. Matt, uh, yeah, Les introduced me to you, and we had a, as a it great happens, time. As it happens, that's where we met up today. Correct. At Big Daddy E's Barbecue uh, in Chino Valley. Les was playing out there on the patio, and you were out there hanging out. Yeah, I had a listening. nice pulled pork and some mac and cheese. Yeah. He does a good spread out there. Well, what have you been doing in the last year? You were talking about maybe going in studio last time we talked. Yeah, I had a big year, man. Uh, last time we uh, did this, I was uh, nearly done with a, a year-long project of demoing up all the songs I'd been ignoring recording for many years. And uh, earlier this year, late spring, early summer, I was out in L.A. and we did the, the backing tracks for what's the album I've been working yeah. on for 12 years. <laughs> With uh, the great Rick Shea, he's producing me and, and playing on it. He, uh, I met him when he was in Dave Alvin's band. Yeah. Uh, Dave Alvin and the Guilty Men. Dave was in the Blasters. Nice. In the eighties, that uh, if it wasn't for the Stray Cats, the, the Blasters would have been the, uh, the I, big roots band I of the eighties. I saw the uh, Blasters at the, I want to say the Greek at Berkeley, way back when. And maybe the stone on Broadway in San Francisco. I want. I've seen them twice, and I'm. I want to say it was those two spots. I'm not sure. I saw them back in the in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where uh, I, I grew up in Sturgis, Michigan, 
in, in uh, at uh, Wing Stadium, they were opening up for Eric Clapton. Oh wow! On his Money and Cigarettes tour, <laughs> I didn't know the. I wasn't you know it, it, it wasn't hip to the Blasters. Uh, they weren't big in the Midwest at that time, and they were uh, they were a great just a great set of rock and roll. But as you are at that age, yeah. I was ready to see Clapton. Yeah. But Clapton was still not quite over the things, uh, his demons at the time. Uh-huh. And his guitar player in the band was Albert Lee, who I wasn't hip to yeah. at that time. And Albert Lee is one of the greatest guitar players of all. He came up in uh, uh, Emmylou Harris's hot band, and he's one of the greatest chicken-picking guitar players and uh, any kind of guitar player you'll ever find. Anyhow, Clapton had this big <laughs> band, and Clapton just played cowboy chords the whole night, and, and, and Al, Albert Lee took all the leads, which is a, which is a dumb... why you go see Clapton. Right, as a dumb teenager, I was like, what the hell is going... Even Layla, Albert Lee's yeah. take... There were wonderful leads, but I'm like, what's wrong with with uh, Clapton? Well, you, you know, it would, you can read anything about that and know why that is. And years later, I got to open a show for Dave Alvin in San Diego at the Acoustic Music Concert Series. And we got to talking, and I got to know him through Rick, who I'm yeah. working with now. And I, he goes, I remember that show in Baz, John Baz, the bass, the uh, drummer in uh, the Blasters. He goes, I think it was, I may have this wrong, but I think it was in Detroit before the show in Kalamazoo, somewhere in there. He goes, the drummer in Clapton's band, who I don't remember who it was in that touring band. He goes, he was so wasted that Baz <laughs> played drums. For the for for so you Clapton, sound like the best of actually, you know. Yeah, so it, it's great how these stories come out yeah. years later. But uh, back to my story, Rick. For years, I, I got to open shows for him out of the Cinema Bar and other places in L.A. Uh, Rick's a great session guy. He's been on uh, he's on an REM album. He's yeah. uh, he used to tour with Atlanta Miles, et cetera, et cetera. The great uh, rockabilly queen Wanda Jackson. Yeah. That uh, played with Elvis back there, did shared the bills with Elvis back in the day. Um, Jack White of the White Stripes produced an album for her a handful of years ago. Now he, he is one uh, Jack White. It seems, and I just because I'm not a music guy, I enjoy talking to musicians like yourself, like Les Drew Hall, uh, and I have an appreciation for it. But I don't, I don't know music history. I, I don't I can't play a tune I can't carry a note by singing, but I have an appreciation for the guys that do guys and gals that do. Having said that, I love listening to interviews about musicians and hearing the history and the influences. Mark Marin on his WTF oh, yeah. has had Jack White. He's had Dave on, I believe. Yes, he has. It was a good interview. <laughs> it was with Dave. a good interview. Yeah, uh, but he's a real audiophile. Marin is. Uh, Jimmy Pardo yes. also is. Uh, With those million-dollar Macintosh amps yeah, and, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, those tube amps yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and browsing through those, uh, those, uh, those small record stores that are still out yeah. you know, in Hipsterville. Uh, and I hear about the influences in the revival of vinyl that's been going on the last decade or so. Yeah. And Jack White, from what it sounds like, can be credited with a lot of that revival and his record company is actually pr- does a lot of specialty presses and things like that of really hard to find uh, vinyls that that people pay top dollar for. So, j- am I wrong in saying that Jack White's kind of a, no, a driving force in that? No, I think you're right on. Another Michigan guy. Uh, I think he's based out of Nashville now. Is what is mm-hmm. it? One Man Record? Or uh, I can't think. Of, I don't know. His, yeah, he's all. He's all into the. He's the real deal. Yeah. He's a. He's a guy. I want. Once I get this record out, I'm gonna. Uh, 
He's one of the guys who want to hear it. Uh, in, uh, so talk about the experience recording. I mean, you refresh my mind, my cloudy Adult mind. You don't remember every detail of our conversation from remember. last December or whenever it was. I vaguely remember being <laughs> held hostage at Matt's couch this morning, which I'll still get to because, oh, we do have an anti sponsor. Okay. York Dodge in Prescott. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. But that's why I was held captive on Matt's couch. But when we talked, you had, had you just wrapped up? The, the studio session? No, I was, I was almost wrapping up my, my demos. Of, of my, I had about, uh, poor Rick, I laid about 30 songs on yeah. him, which is All ridiculous for a, 10, for a 10 song album. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not because I'm prolific, it's because it's just been so long to get my No, that's to like get a my, photographer, get man. We stuff shoot together. 100 to get two. Uh, exactly, exactly. And uh, back when I still lived there, he wanted to work with me, and uh, life happens, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah, that's yeah. how I found my way to Prescott, Arizona after 20 years in LA. And. Uh, Finally, I did a little, just a publishing demo. I had songs I hadn't even recorded yet. And as an artist, yeah. you're like, my God, if I at least want them to be heard if, for whatever reason. And I did a little, uh, a publishing demo is when you're just going and lay the songs down. You're not trying to make them sound good just so uh, for for copyright and all that. And I did that with Brent Reason, a great sound engineer mm-hmm. here locally. And I sent them out to Rick just to see what he thought. And he goes, God, like I've been telling you, why don't you make a record with yeah. me? And... Uh, and, and anyway, I wanted to do it my way with my song so I could, uh, uh, I don't know how to write charts or write music, so yeah, I wanted to make all my songs to a, to a beat so a drummer could yeah. figure it out and all that. Finally, we got it together and, uh, over the phone and email and all that. We, we chose which songs we were going to work on. And this spring, uh, early summer, uh, we went to Sean Norse's studio in Highland Park L.A., which is right between downtown L.A. and Pasadena. Now, Sean Norris is a spectacular drummer. He's the drummer. He was a drummer of I.C. Hawks in L.A. That's I.C.S.E.E. Hawks in L.A. A great, the epitome of a modern Americana band. Nah, to me, they had a handful nice. of albums. I don't think he's full-time with the band now, but he's, like when I got there, he just flew back from Egypt because he was hired to play in some rockabilly band on a cruise for big money. <laughs> He's one of those in-demand guys and a magnificent engineer. And the great Dave Hall on bass, which is in Rick Shea's band, The Losing End. And, uh, uh, man, we just... Uh, Rick put the charts together, and uh, we went in there. I put me in an isolation booth, and we recorded the tracks live as a band. Most every one we got in two or three takes, tops. Nice. And then uh, I came back out here to Prescott, in my home studio, it just to lay down to fix, yeah. to do my guitar parts better that I didn't get right in the studio, and add a little things that I could do myself, and then my st- blah blah. My studio went down. Yada, it just I got way behind schedule yeah. as all these things as do. Things happen, and yeah. then I sent them out to him. Then he's okay, good. And then Rick, he's also his own artist, and he's got a uh, his tenth album just came out, which is wonderful. Uh, look it up, RickShea.com. And uh, he's got a few videos out. He's in the top ten of an Americana chart right now. I can't remember it. And it came out. He got top. He was top ten Americana artist in L.A. in the L.A. Oh, wow. Weekly out there. 
and uh, it, so he's getting a lot of a lot of juice out of that. So that's the good news. But the bad news is, is he's my producer, and he's got all the good yeah. juice. And immediately he got a gig, uh, a little tour in the in the uh, uh, in the in the East Coast in New England. So the top guy in LA didn't have time to put your stuff together. Yeah, I don't know why he's worried about his own career instead of mine. But uh, but uh, then that, he just one got, of, got one of the real drawbacks of working with great people. Right, right. Is you got to strike lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, it, it, that, that, and that's the other flaw, you know, hiring a producer who's also an artist. But anyway, I hope yeah. some of that rubs off on me, and I yeah. hope we can go out and tour together. And, See, the flip and, side is you can get the guys that are always available, but just like in, in the photo biz that I've been associated with for a lot of years, the guys that are always sitting around looking for gigs, there's probably a reason they're not being hired. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or they're so much, or they're the uh, the uh, uh, the mutt langs or whatever who yeah. make millions of dollars, and, and usually, that's all they do. Usually, it's the other way around. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. There's a reason you can't work. <laughs> but but Rick's the finest kind man. Yeah. He's taught me a lot, and uh, uh, it's just and actually, like I said, I did so many demos. I'm actually I have enough to do two or three albums. Is that in the works? And yeah, I hope if once this comes out, I'd like to get on that because when you get a group of guys that actually. Yeah. You know the guys got my songs, and, and so who, uh, we got who else was with you? Who else are people going to hear on this? It's this when they when they when it finally comes out. Well, it's Rick Shea, Sean Norris, and Dave Hall, and me, and that's pretty much it. It's yeah. pretty simple fare. Uh, I'm go- we're going to have a couple of singers on it, and there's a song of mine that's uh, there's a demo of it on my website with a cello on it and uh, uh, a couple other instruments, perhaps, but. We're that we're in the sweetening phase nice. now. We just need time. So hopefully by the end of the year, beginning of the year, that'll that'll be done. Now locally here, a lot of the folks we talk to, the musicians and that, of course, have played with you. They've worked with you. They've sat in on your shows. Sure. Um, but for those, we're getting a, a, a nice wide audience, specifically down in the valley as well as on the east coast. Let's drop this in podcastradionetwork.net. We are rebroadcast. Every Sunday out of Brooklyn, New York at 5 p.m. Arizona time, 8 p.m. New York time. Uh, ooh, that might have changed last week when the clocks changed. Anyway, it's 5, 5 p.m. Arizona time. Yeah, Brooklyn's the new Manhattan now, isn't it? What's that? Brooklyn's the new Manhattan now, isn't it? I don't know. It's the Lower East Side anyway. John Sweeney puts me up, and we get another 10,000 downloads a week. That's that. awesome, man. Yeah, it's the podcastradionetwork.net. They're also on TuneIn Radio, as we are. Uh, we do. I've been trying to keep it to an hour before we used to just let it roll. He's changed his format a little bit, and his shows need to be locked in at an hour. So sometimes That's what happens when you go big time. Well, Matt. no, you know, sometimes what I'll do is we'll just go, and if uh, if I need to, then do a podcast radio network special cut. You get the full show at MileHighShow.com. You get the hour show there. But you know, we've been keeping it right about an hour. So that's worked out it real good. Sense. But shout out to John and the good folks at PodcastRadioNetwork.net because they've boosted our visibility. And I've been getting good feedback from people on the East Coast who are looking, hey, how do we get so-and-so CD? How do we listen to this right guy? On, Is that comic you talk to coming to the East Coast anytime soon? So if you can. What are you, a comedian? No, but I sit and talk with a lot of them. I love talking with these comics. We'll hey, I've got one that. of your comedy CDs. Don't lie we'll to get, me. <laughs> we'll get to that because I spent last week with the All Things Comedy Network folks, allthingscomedy.com, Bill Burr, Al Madrigal, uh, Ari Shafir, all go. those guys. That's who we were hanging out with, Graham Elwood. We were, I was hanging out with those guys nice. last week. And if you can hear, my voice is just coming back. 
I piggybacked the, the All Things Comedy Festival shows at night with photo jobs in the morning. I was shooting a bunch of preschools. <laughs> so I was getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go shoot snotty-nosed preschools, wrapping those up, going to the comedy festival, wrapping up the comedy festival. With a bunch of snotty-nosed comedians. 1 a.m., <laughs> 2 a.m., 3 a.m., then getting up at 6 again. By the third day, I completely lost my voice. So it's I just totally get it, back. man. I get it. Anyway, but what what I'm getting at is is there's I'm our audience, the Mile High Show's audience is expanding pretty rapidly out of the Prescott area, which is great. So if you can, for the folks that aren't too familiar with you and your music, give a little idea of what they'll be able to expect when they go to your website, GarrickRawlings.com, look at your YouTube clips, look at your um, your uh, your uh, appearances here. Got, hey, the floor show started. Yeah, we're we're getting we're just <laughs> almost dancing down the down the ramp to the bathroom. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of content out there, and I'll link that. But give a little synopsis. What what will people expect of your meal? What kind of musical style? Americana is the best way to describe it, and a lot of us, a lot of people, kind of resent that because to me, it's just rock, folk, yeah, country and blues that we grew Who up are with. Your influences. Uh, I grew up a hard rock electric guitar player, you know, a typical, uh, typical Midwestern kind of yeah. guy. You know, Joe Perry, '70s Joe Perry and, and Jimmy Page and all that. And as I, uh, uh, we talked about this in the last one, but uh, uh, yeah, that we're, I, I love Neil Young and Johnny yeah. Cash and the old Outlaw Cowboys. The, you know, your your uh, Willie Nelsons and and uh, uh, Waylon Jennings. And uh, Christofferson, and then I. What really got me going on this uh, uh, when I stopped being just a lead guitar player and started doing my own stuff as a solo guy, it was. Uh, it, it, I already mentioned Dave Alvin, but I, yeah. I, I got to know Ramblin' Jack Elliott, and I, I road managed him and went out on the road with him. Some great but, uh, stories about Ramblin' yeah, Jack yeah. in our last podcast. So go yeah. back, uh, MileHighShow dot com. Listen yeah, to yeah, the last it's, one. It's still on, and there's a link on my website cool. too on the news page to nice. to that. And uh, uh, it was you know, Tom Russell, Chris Smither, and then there's Towns Van Zant, and there's John Prine, and yeah. just the songwriters, man. There's just a lot of magic there, and they're my heroes. And I'm, I'm just trying to uh, 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 Leonard Cohen for crying out yeah. loud. Uh, Tom, I mean Tom Petty. You know how sad is like we could do a whole yeah. podcast on Tom Petty. Got to see him many times. Me over too, the years. man. He's the one and guy. Just- Cuts through everything. Exactly. Everybody loved Penny. Exactly. He was. Uh, uh, I've got to meet a lot of guys, and and and, and uh, I, as I said, I, lived, I worked in the film business in L.A. Yeah. and played music out there, so I had the good privilege of meeting a lot of folks that I wouldn't have if I stayed in Sturgis, Michigan, but uh, or, or Prescott for that matter. But uh, um, Tom was always one of those guys. I just felt like eventually I'd get to meet that guy yeah. and talk because uh, he's just one of the coolest. And and, and Dylan. Had a great quote uh, upon his upon Tom's death. How he he it was a short line, but he said that Tom. I may get the quote wrong, but he he said he always had the light, or the light always. Yeah. he had the light, and it's and that's so true because I've seen who knows how many concerts, but every time I saw Tom, there yeah. wasn't. I don't think the guy ever had a bad show. Even probably at his worst. He, the light still shone because yeah. he played for all the right reasons. He was that like coins that yeah. that summarizes it perfectly. He was the one guy Matt that never let us down. You know, uh, from 
you know, he finally, his third album, Damn the Torpedoes, he made it big, finally. And of course, he, he went through nightmares on the business side as we yeah. all. You could, it's all com, It's and, all and on the, the internet. personnel side. I mean, yep. there were some demons in that band yeah. over the years, and some and, bad things were happening. But his very next album, Hard Promises, after Damn the Torpedoes, MCA his record label said, "Well, now we're gonna." We're, I think it was eight ninety eight was the was the list price of vinyl albums at the time, and they said, "Well, we're gonna." I may have it wrong, but at it's something land. like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And but now with Tom because he'll be a big seller, we're making a nine ninety eight. And Tom said, "Not on my album. Yeah, we're not yeah. doing that." And they he actually withheld his masters from his own record company, held his own masters hostage. And he said, "Okay, you can have it." And they reshot his uh, cover photo, so he's standing in front of a record bin with this album uh-huh. that says eight ninety eight. Oh, yes, so if it went through yes. a legal thing, they'd have to be selling his album that, for a yeah. dollar more than the pick. I mean, that's yeah. how he thought, and he won. You know. And then, uh, and then when the Eagles came out and started charging two or three hundred dollars yeah. just to see them freaking play, when they figured out all their fans were rich yuppies, yeah. Tom said, "You know, we're not having any. I'm making up the numbers, but it was we're yeah, not yeah, having yeah. any, no more than sixty five dollars or whatever, whatever it was." Yeah. Because he was like, I'm already making a couple of million on this. I don't need three or four. I'm making all this up. But I don't need another couple hundred million when I'm already kind of made it and I'm doing good. I'd rather have my fans there than that, you know, $500 golden circle of the Jagoffs showing off in front who aren't the real fans. Yeah, there's no fans that can see it. It's like, like, you know, like Super Bowl. How many many football fans go to the Super Bowl? Exactly. None. They're all at home watching on TV because you can't afford the grand pr- right. ticket price. And I just hold that guy in such high regard. And I have all of his records and yeah. all his B-sides and stuff that came out on his... Oh, I yeah. had all the 45s that had these obscure ah. B-sides. They came out on his box set later. But I was the cool Tom Petty kid with the B-sides ah. on my cassettes that nobody had ever heard before. Songs like Trailer and Casadega, et cetera, et cetera. You know what's cool about... you know? Obviously, it's sad that, he, that he's no longer with us just a couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks ago. But in the last couple of years, there was a really good documentary done on Tom Petty. It was on Netflix. It's probably still there. Yeah, I think it was Scorsese that did it, didn't was it? Was it? I think so. It was, it was dynamite, yeah, and yeah. it was real personal, real intimate, yeah. and it went through everything from you know his struggling days as a kid up through you know the height of FM and and you know damn the torpedoes and all that. Up through the traveling Wilburys and, and up to him losing his stuff in his fire. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, but it was a real intimate look. It was a real behind the scenes, and unfortunately, a lot of times those are done posthumously after Correct. somebody's gone. Right. What a what a, a a a score for fans like us. Yeah, yeah. To be able to see that created in not just flashbacks and clips and interviews. Exactly. He was they part followed of it. him yeah. around because he was still around when they did it. What a gem that is! I'm glad, I'm gonna have to rewatch that now. And I watched it a year or so. Yeah, ago. that's what I'm with this music. I've been go, I haven't even got through it because I get st- I'm going through his albums uh, yeah. uh, chronologically, and now that he's you know it's just a strange. Now that he's gone, you kind of look at it in a different way because well, that's all there is because yeah. there was you know you're always looking forward to the new, the new next uh, yeah. uh, Tom Petty album. And I'm just going through, and it's like, of course, I don't love every single song, but it's like, even the the least favorite stuff of his yeah. is is better than almost any. But yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. just, 
everything he did was quality. And he's one of the few guys that just didn't really do anything wrong artistically, man. Yeah. Live, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I'm a Neil Young, or Neil Young freak, but this guy's coming out with an album every other day yeah. now. <laughs> and he it's interesting out. to listen to, but I, I haven't heard now, a good song in a that? long time. Young came out with something, I want to say maybe a year and a half or so ago. It was like this big box set thing. It was archives? No, no. It was. I th- I want to say he did it with Jack White. I might be wrong, but they recorded the whole thing in one of those old nineteen forties. Yeah, 1950s that was Jack. Booths. Yeah, it was just a single booths. album. <laughs> it's it's where they where they uh, uh, where they it's recorded into a needle right into acetate or yeah, wax or, <laughs> or something. So with all the cracks and yeah, direct. It was a, before there was did tape. You to it? Did you, did I I didn't I didn't get that album, but I heard several cuts. I heard some cuts. I think like, on Marin on WTF. Yeah, he even like he covered a, like, covered a Bruce Springsteen song and a few other things. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, but it's it, it's kind of crappy. Sound. Right, right. <laughs> I was trying to say it nicely, but it was kind of crappy. Well, stuff. that was what it was of it. What yeah, that was yeah. Wasn't first. It was I he just he did it spontaneously because Jack was like, "Hey, yeah. look at this," and he went in and it was did the ten musical songs equivalent of tin type photos kind of thing. Same, you know? yeah, exactly. Or my kids' drawings on my refrigerator. Yeah, you'd get a wax acetate because yeah. instead of a magnetic tape, it's a needle yeah. actually cut in grooves into uh, to something. Process, so. but yeah, yeah. When I want Neil Young, I want you know Harvest. I want. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's, you know, he just came up. He, he, he keeps want. coming out with them. Man. But, oh, well, you know, God he's bless still him, a man. Great artist. Now, okay, we're talking about great artists. Let's let's talk. Let's whip it back around to Garrick. What um, now with with Shay, you know, occupied doing his thing. Um, got any kind of hopeful time frame for us to be able to get your new release? I'm hoping by the end of the year, beginning of the next. Okay. Uh, we're we're real months. close. It's just how, a matter of how are you putting it out. Digital download only CD. Man, are I'm, you gonna do a vinyl? Uh, I don't have any. I'm doing a regular CD for sure. And yeah. I'm learn. I'm I'm so far behind my own fault that uh, um, like I just getting on Facebook and all that. <laughs> but uh, 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 i first thing I'll get it on MySpace, <laughs> get it on a track and kiss it now. Uh, a CD so, for so sure. Just because. Eight, so you're coming out on a track. <laughs> You know, where it can stop right in the middle of the song to come. Uh, that way, and I'm learning about all the digital stuff, Spotify and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure that out as I go. I'm kind of in that, I'm in that, uh, 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 I'm in uh, perpetual uh, wait and see right yeah. now. Wait. I'm, I'm dying to get out and sell this and promote it, a, but I don't have anything yet. You got a title for it yet? I'm probably just going to self-title it. There wasn't yeah. a song that... Uh, popped out that was yeah. like a good title so I, I, once I see the artwork and it's here and I'll, I'll gotcha it's uh, uh, once I hear the finished product I'll finish the artwork and, and either go self-title nice. or, or the album or, or, or come up with a name for it so I'm just really excited chomping at the bit waiting you got for it to go take the, uh, take the album out on the road oh, absolutely that's what, what, what I, you what know, you I want to be big in Europe <laughs> Japan big in Japan Brooklyn. Tom Waits <laughs> I'm going to do wherever I can, wherever it takes me, Matt. You want to do some traveling? Absolutely. That's the first thing I want to do is get it on uh, Roots Rock Radio, like Undercurrents. Yeah, yeah. uh, Right here in Prescott, uh, 90.1 in town and 89.5, I think, down in the valley. Yeah. uh, PV, rather. And that's a, it's on the Native American network. Uh, People... That love part, the rootsy music. Part of the KJZZ, it, it, there you NPR go. family. Yeah, yeah, you're. It, it's all over the place. So uh, 
it's just at a grassroots level, not, yeah. you know, the Taylor Swift level but, and well, all that. And you know what, though, that's kind of... Years ago, and, and you know this, you've been doing the business for, so, you know, for a long time. You've been, you've been on, on, on different levels of it. <coughs> you used to, as a musician... You had to get the radio airplay. Then you had to get management to back you. You had to get a record label look at you. You had to do this. You had to do that. Now, you can self-publish. Yeah. You can self-print. You can run your own YouTube channel, your downloads from your website. And you've cut out several layers of that management to where the artist, you, the musician, are directly handing your product, your artwork to your fan base. Correct. And you don't have to go through all those steps. The days of needing to get on FM and getting in the rotation are long gone when you've got, you know, uh, serious radio or, you know, serious uh, uh, yeah. whatever you call it, the digital bands, hundreds of channels available at the, at the uh, 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 touch of a button in anybody's dashboard, podcasts like, like this one where you can get out and talk about your product. You don't need that structure anymore. Correct. And so, who knows? You get this out there, you're and you don't have to club. sign your publishing over to, yeah, and, and, yeah. to, to do it. But, but the, that's the lovely part about it. But the bad part is you're also that, that everybody else can do it. So you got there's so much crap out there. But that's exactly where my career, whatever it is, uh, went off the rails. When I first got in with these guys, with Rick and Dave Alvin, and, 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 and was sharing shows with them around L.A., a, a really good... Uh, Mike Stinson's another one that came yeah. from that. He's out in Houston now. But uh, uh, we had a great little scene going there in L.A., and there was this label, High Tone Records, that Dave Alvin was... Uh, Robert Cray came up on, yeah. on, on, on High Tone Records, and... And uh, a lot of great artists on that. Ramble Jack was on it. Tom Russell was on that. Chris Smither was on that. Robert Cray was out of Berkeley, wasn't he, I De- think? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't think know so. where he I, came I remember from. seeing him at Blake's on Shattuck back in the early 80s. Yeah, but Bruce, 81, 82. But Bruce Bromberg, and I can't remember his partner, were the owners of High Tone out of Oakland. And uh, I had a couple of talks with them. Uh, had a couple of talks with uh, uh, Trace Precadoris that Rick was on, and Rick's latest album then, 10 years ago, he got national distribution at Tower Records. So we're all on this upswing, and then within a year, every record company that we knew went out of business. Yeah. Uh, 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 Tower Records went bankrupt. Have you seen that it just documentary kind of fell on off. Tower? I have not. Oh, I'd like to. Is it? Netflix I didn't know it existed. Hulu's a, oh, yeah? it's a, it's, I didn't realize they were based out of Sacramento. That was their home base. That's, but it's it's all about the decline of the record industry. Oh, it you happens love it. so fast, man. I, I I don't remember what the name of it is because I didn't I'll look do it any up. Homework. Yeah, man. <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a documentary on Tower Records. Yeah. And I grew up, you know, ninety miles out of Sacramento. Okay. Right outside of Oakland. So it was kind of neat seeing that, and I remember seeing that monster store. I believe it was on Market in San Francisco, and then going to L.A. and seeing that massive store. Oh, it was iconic yeah, there on yeah, Sunset. Yeah. Slash used to work there. Yeah, Candace McNulty walking by, yeah. one of our luminary but, but artists right out, here in town. Check who out who sings. You can hear Candace on my webs on a couple oh, of my demos cool. on the music page on the music page of my website there's a couple of garrickrawling.com home demos that we recut for the album Candace helped me out we, a great singer I mentioned a few minutes ago uh, Big in Japan Tom Waits I'm a big Tom Waits fan oh yeah and she did a version at, at Don Cheek's open mic the Thursday nights in the birdcage yeah yeah 
of uh, Hold On. Is that from Mule Variations, I think? I but she know. did Tom Waits, Hold yeah. On, and it, she, oh, blew me away. Yeah, Incredible. she's a great singer, Incredible. Man. Anyway. We're going to try so, to get her on the record. You, yeah. You got to check out that Tower documentary. I will, man. Because they talk about just the debauchery going on when the record reps would come in and all the stuff. They'd lock the doors and it would turn into a nightclub in the background. Oh, yeah. It, was, it sounded like a lot of fun. <laughs> These kids today know how, don't know how fun <laughs> rock and roll was, man. I tell you what, I, I, was, I, I just went back home, uh, Michigan, Indiana, Chicago, where I grew up. And uh, uh, I was looking up. I was... There's a great old club in Kalamazoo called the Club Soda, right downtown. <laughs> and I just I hadn't been there in so long. I just looked it up to see if it was still there. And of course, it closed years ago. But some dude in uh, Michigan went to the trouble of all the venue, like Cobo Hall in Detroit and the Grandy Ballroom where the MC5 used to play, yeah. and Joe Louis Reed. All the they it's the not co- Michigan. It, it's guys. it's not a hundred percent accurate. And you could do this with any city in the country. Yeah. Going back to the late '60s, listing the acts that came through there, yeah. and I, I mean, from like late '60s to the to the mid late '80s, there was four or five concerts a week. Oh yeah, I mean, big. T- I mean, yeah. Fog Hat sold out Cobo Hall three <laughs> times a year. You know what I'm saying? From that end to Blue Oyster Cult, these huge shows, Nugent, The Who, everybody, and I'm like, and that's what, and you're like, yeah. now it's. There's two or three bands that can tour and, and, and they, they go to the celebrity or they, they come to the Oracle or whatever. Or they're playing casinos. Whatever the arena is, yeah. But back then, it was we were so lucky of that last era where, I, 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 how did that happen? And you're like, well, we didn't have anything else to spend no, our money on. I asked you before, how, how old are you? <laughs> I've just turned 52 last 52. month. 52. I'm 51. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, right you youngster. Thing, I was in the, huh? <laughs> you youngster. <laughs> I was in the San Francisco Bay Area and I remember. The, the the well of course the, the Coliseum, the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Oh, that's yeah. where Elvis played. Same thing. That's yeah, where the exactly. Stones played. But there were the mid-range clubs where you were right there. The Circle Star in San Carlos. I saw War and George Clinton. George Clinton opened for War Funkadella with their, with their, you, their, their Galaxy Tour back in seventy five seventy six. That was the first concert I ever went to. Nice. But in Palo Alto, you had the Stone in Palo Alto. It was the Keystone family. The Stone in Palo Alto, the Keystone Berkeley, and the Stone on Broadway. I saw the Chili Peppers in 83. They were just the babies. the Keystone Palo, Palo Alto. And then we were backstage with them, hanging out. And they go, hey, we're playing the Stone on Broadway. Why don't you come up tomorrow night? So we went up there, and I was 16, 17 years old, just hanging out with the Chili Peppers. I got a Chili Pepper story for you. Go. Not as good as that. I'm I'm coming back from Chicago. It's when Dave (laughs) Navarro was in the band for one album. I'm just randomly coming back to L.A., and they obviously had a show, and we had a layover. Or I had a layover in St. Louis. So I think I changed planes, and they were getting on the plane in St. Louis. And they were for. I think I was the first. There's there's somebody we know, and uh, <laughs> and and uh, uh, they were first class. And the I think I was hanging out by the bathroom. Go ahead. I, first, I think yeah, we're first class. They, I wasn't. They were first class up, but I was in the first row of coach. Okay, so I was at the front of the line behind first class. So the Chili Pepper. I see them there. They're all. They yeah. go in. I start walking in. Three guys in black suits and sunglasses throw me against the wall. Ah. They're DEA, and I'm I'm completely clean, you know. So, but I yeah. bet you that paranoia just freaks you the oh, hell yeah. out, right? 
And I'm like, my God, my God. And then they were they were looking for somebody. Whether it had anything to do with the chili peppers, I do not know. Yeah. But and, uh, uh, they finally, because you could hear them on the radio, and they'd get check my ID and all this shit. And then they're, uh, oh, it's the wrong guy. It's, it's the wrong guy. It's the wrong guy. Not me. I find that. Like, my another long here. My heart is pounding. And anyway, go through the flight. Get to L.A. We're cruising down to the, uh, and I had a couple of stoner buddies there to pick me up. It must have been before 9-11 because they were allowed, because <laughs> they, they were allowed the in, into yeah. the airport. So, but I'm, I'm literally walking down the tunnel with the chili peppers. And uh, and my friends are just like I, I can't do the face on the radio here, but they're like, "Did Garrick join the Chili Peppers?" Yeah, when you when they walk yeah. by, you're like, all right, see you guys later. <laughs> but I'm but I'm standing there, we're at the carousel waiting for our luggage, and Kedis is standing there next to me, and uh, and I think he's a Cal, no, the drummer Chad, he's from uh, Grand Rapids, I think, Michigan, or one of those guys. Will I may Fer- have that wrong. Will Ferrell Jr. Yeah, Will Ferrell, yeah, behind the drums. <laughs> Chad looks just like Will Ferrell. But Kedis is there. I tell him the story I just told you. He looks at me, bro. You took one for the team. <laughs> just, he got a little white when I That's said it. That's a funny. Yeah. I don't know where they were in their adventures. Off topic, they're... just a little bit, but talking about pre nine eleven. This yeah. is I want to say 80, 88, 89. Buddy of mine was getting married, and uh, it was a whirlwind. He met this girl. We were fairly certain she was a uh, a professional. Uh, to say the least, we knew she danced at a couple of clubs, but we're pretty sure she was also advertising her wares in the back of the local, what would be like the Metro in Phoenix kind of thing. And uh, we were trying to t- don't don't do it, dude. Don't do it. She's bad news, man. Nope, he fell head over heels in love. She when we would go out, she'd be hitting on us. You know, he'd go to the bathroom, she'd kind of hit on us. We're like, this ain't right, dude. This ain't right. So we threw him a bachelor party. And this is like maybe six months they were engaged. They yeah. knew each other and then got There's engaged. There's no denying true love, man. So he was getting married on a Saturday afternoon. This shows you how lax it used to be. And it yeah. was Oakland Airport. I remember exactly. Uh, we all went out to San Francisco. And then we uh, closed the bars there. Frank's 21 Club right there on the corner of Turk and Taylor. We closed the bar yeah. at 2 Left the bar at about three thirty. Okay, and he's got to be at the at his at his ceremony. It was going to be at Weeks oh Park my. at like noon the next day. So what we did, we guys got him a hammer. He he's barely walking, and we drove across the bridge to go home. And I don't remember whose idea it was, but somebody had the idea. Oakland Airport. It's right at the other end of the bridge. We buy him a ticket to Reno. This is in Oakland. Buy him a ticket to Reno for a flight that was leaving in about 20 minutes. We walked him onto the plane. I put him in his seat in the plane <laughs> and walked out. He wakes up at the Reno airport the next day, calls me collect, goes, where am I? <laughs> he had no idea where he was or how he got there. Speaking of Jake, the great sound guy. <laughs> Beard's looking good, bro. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. <laughs> so this dude, uh, safe to say he never uh, entered into that. that well, good, uh, good save, man. That, I yeah, hope you got credit for that assist there. Well, there was about five of us. <laughs> yeah, isn't that so? That, yeah. where so I, lived in- I, I like to say that we, uh, we saved him from a, a very bad uh, eventuality. I would but say he didn't so. really talk to us for a while, but I think he... Uh, 
When he did start talking to us after a few months, it, it was as if nothing happened. So yeah. I think he realized we saved his butt. Yeah. But he didn't want to address it by thanking us. It was just never spoken of again. With, with today's security, he he, never, he would have, he would never could have seen. He the guy. would be married and right. divorced and married and divorced. God, did you see the thing where seventy five percent of TSA failed? With, no, like, two that? years ago, ninety five percent. They 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 salt the look. They have uh, undercover guys. They have mock bombs oh, like or mock weapons, them? mock you know a gun or a knife or a mock bomb. Two years ago, like ninety five percent failed. I just saw this. Now seventy five percent just failed. Oh, they're doing good. Yeah, they will. They'll take your bottle of water or your 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 nail clipper, <laughs> but you know bombs. Yeah, yeah. Three out of four of those get through. <laughs> Go back to the to the little clubs, and <clears throat> I forget what year. It was before I ever heard of the guy. I was helping a guy work. I was a freshman or sophomore in high school. And uh, we go, we were doing a job over by Stanford, and uh, we had to spend the night. It was during summer, so I wasn't in school. And he goes, hey, there's a club around the corner. It's the first time I ever went to the Keystone Palo Alto. Little, small, little club. Same place I saw the Peppers. Uh, I saw Doc in there years later <laughs> on, their, on their up and down revival. But he did this, I want to say it was like 80, 81. And this guy tells he's oh he's he's in his thirties. I'm working for him, crashing on his motel room floor. But he goes, hey, this is we're done working on like a Friday night, staying the night. And he goes, hey, let's go. There's a club down the street. I've seen some great people there over the years. He goes, there's this guy out of I think it was Delaware. He goes, let's go check him out. And it's a bar, 21 and over. And I'm 14, 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We just walk in. Yeah. I looked. Uh, I'm finally catching up to my age. Yeah. When I was 15, people thought I was 25. When I was 25, people thought I was 40. When yeah. I was 40, people thought I was 50. And now it's well, kind of well, like... Well, that's what they say about real folks like us. Man, yeah. once you're 50, you get the face you deserve. <laughs> There's some saying. So yeah. I just kind of stroll in with them. I walk up, order a beer. Yeah. I'm 14 years old, drinking yeah. a beer. Great. Loving it. And then the band comes out. And it's this guy I'd never heard of called George Thorogood. Okay. And the Delaware Destroyers. Yeah. And there was a nice dance floor and then high tops and then chairs up on the back. But the dance floor was there. So they go out and start playing. He gets about halfway through a song, turns around, goes, all right, cut it, cut, stops him. He goes, we ain't playing if you guys don't come out here and start dancing. Yeah. So they start again, and nobody comes out and dances. Oh, man, those guys were so so good back then. They put their instruments down and went backstage. And I'm sitting there going, what's what's going on? Then then, now people, people are drinking, and they start hollering. Come out and play. Come out. You know, they start cheering and stuff. Nobody comes out. And now they're up on the dance floor and they're on the stage and they're going at it. Ah, come out. Everybody's cheering. The whole place is rocking. Still nobody on stage. So this guy, this drunk, climbs up on stage, grabs the guitar, and obviously doesn't know how to play. Just starts going. (laughs) Just strumming as hard as he can. And the crowd's going nuts. Now, in my head... This goes on for a couple of minutes. It was probably about 20 seconds. Right, right. But he's just, da, 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 da. he's not wearing any shirt. He's all drunk and sweaty, and he's just strumming. Da, 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 da. And the crowd's going nuts. Hey, Jonathan, watch your step there. There's a floor There's a floor oh, there. Oh, we're doing The great Jonathan Best. Jonathan Best, another luminary. <laughs> so Dude, we get to see everybody here. <laughs> you hang out by the bathroom, you see everybody. <laughs> So this guy's just strumming, and the crowd's going nuts. Then the drummer comes out from the band, comes out from backstage, yep, yep. and just starts doing a, a boom, 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 just yeah, yeah. a beast. 
and the guy's still just strumming away and the club's going crazy. Then another guy comes out, another band member comes in. Now everybody's out there except for Thoroughgood. Yeah. And this drunk is still just wailing. Thoroughgood comes walking out and he goes, Give me that guitar, you suck. <laughs> and then they go into a song, the whole place goes. That would never happen anywhere now. And no, that was there's just, so it was much just security. so good. It's so great I to know. see these folks, man. And then years later, I go, hey, I see him on MTV. Hey, I know. I, I saw that guy. If people forget the, the rest of the music scene going into the 80s. Uh, I mean, blues was about as far as away from anybody's. Oh, yeah. Taste at all at that time. Yeah, Bo and he Diddley was playing a county fair in exactly. Oxnard. But know? that I still love that first Thoroughgood album. I co- I kind of do uh, the Bo Diddley song uh, uh, right on Josephine, sort of like yeah. Thoroughgood does, and I cover another one of George's. But I mean, he it, it, that was the real. And then he kind of opened the door, different kind of blues. But Stevie Ray Vaughan, yeah, came. Yeah. I mean, people don't they're known now from the past, but. But they, I mean, we're talking 80s and Eurythmics and not that they're popping not, right off of disco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Off of into the electronic was, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Electro, and then when MTV started coming through, it was a lot of dance stuff. And I mean, there's more roots music now than, yeah. than there was then, even. Yeah. And I got a great when I lived in Chicago, uh, Stevie Ray and Jeff Beck. Oh wow! Toured together, and uh, uh, and uh, and. And I had a feeling because stars would do that. Buddy Guy's got his club on the south yeah. side on Michigan Avenue. And sure enough, uh, I took two of my buddies from Michigan, came out and visited me. And we went down to the club. And sure enough, uh, Jeff Beck and, and Stevie Ray came Sweet. and played Buddy Guy's club. And it was just, oh, just I mean, after a wonderful concert, it yeah, was just. Yeah, yeah. And that's when Jeff Beck had, it was just a trio, no bass player. It was uh, Terry Bozio on drums. So he was just un- he's from Zappa and from uh, yeah. we had the, speaking of eighties he had his band yeah. with his wife the missing persons nobody walks in L A where he kind of played straight but oh, just in a tr- Tony Hymas on keyboards and it just went off it, just unbelievable to hear those guys play like that man Jeff Beck of all those guys is the one guitar player that that never stopped uh, yeah. never stopped evolving which I, I would have think Hendrix would have been that way yeah. as much as I love. Uh, uh, Jimmy Page and the Claptons just, yeah. they kind of play the same stuff they always did yeah. <laughs> you know? but they hit that familiarity but, yeah. they hit that, that yeah. memory that nostalgia yeah. but stuff. Beck just keeps uh, he, get, he gets yeah. into industrial and electronic stuff which doesn't yeah. turn me on too much but his, his playing is always just yeah. it, anybody in LA I, I remember a guy from CAA Creative Artist Agency is one of the biggest agencies yeah, yeah. probably this side of William Morris uh a young kid that lived in front of me there when I lived in Hermosa Beach was a young up-and-coming agent with those guys. And I have this massive music collection of 5,000 CDs in the wall, thousands of vinyl albums. And this is the beginning of the iPod, and they're like, yeah. why would you have all those when they could be in this? And I, I go, like, I go they can't even fit in there yet. But uh, I would give them school them on. Where, here's, yeah. the, here's, where, here's the Yardbirds. That's where those guys get. Anyhow. And he was a typical L.A. He's like, well, any show, any show, I'll get you in, I'll get you in. And I, I asked him, is Jeff Beck on your roster? Goes, oh, yeah. He didn't know who he was. You know. But he was playing the House of Blues in L.A. on Sunset, which is no longer there. Yeah. And just a, a good small club. Well, big club for around here, but a small club in a big city. Great, great room to see uh, a show. And he's, oh, sure, I'll get you on. And then, of course... The day before the show, he calls me. Oh, Garrick, I don't know how to tell you. My boss came to me, and he goes, who's this Garrick guy? <laughs> because every... And I, I used to have he, uh, a guy at Universal that would get me in backstage when he'd play the Universal Amphitheater. 
every luminary in town, every rock star, anybody that knows music wants to go to a Jeff Beck show. Yeah. If you're in the know. And this kid didn't know who he was, and he goes, God, I don't know how to tell you this. My boss was really upset because every you're taking yeah. the place of some star. Yeah. So I didn't get into the show, but it's like that's when you're in the know. That's the Jeff Beck is certainly royalty. Sweet man, sweet. One last Jeff Beck. No, he toured with. Uh, he toured I'm just, with. I'm just glancing down because I don't want to lose battery. Understood. Uh, Jeff Beck likes with Stevie Ray Vaughan. He toured with uh, Santana. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Would just like with Beck. I think they. Uh, with Stevie, they took turns who opened the show. But of course, this being L- L.A., uh, Jeff opened for Santana. Now, Santana has a large band. I don't know how many members, but oh, yeah, at yeah. least eight or nine, if not more. On a two slow th- day. Two or three percussionists in, in, in addition to the guy playing traps. <laughs> and Jeff Beck, had, Jeff Beck just had a, <laughs> a four-piece. Same band, except they added a, uh, a bass player. And the whole place is full of Mexicans. I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of Mexicans in L.A. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Where else can you get oranges on the side the, of the freeway? And the show was at the Hollywood Bowl, so where you can have a picnic and everything. And so there was just massive families of Mexicans there to see their, their, their son, uh, Carlos Santana. And uh, I'm sitting in between a bunch of Mexican families, and I can speak a little Spanish, so we're getting along and stuff. But they, they don't know who the hell Jeff Beck is. Yeah, yeah. And then they got Terry Bozio on drums. And then, like, about halfway through the show, the, the guy next to me goes, you know, <laughs> not too bad for a white boy. That was sweet. That was sweet. It, it, if, it, if, if, if anybody wants to learn about Jeff Beck, his first album as a solo guy after he left the Yardbirds, Jeff Beck Truth, is basically, it came out maybe six months or less than Led Zeppelin's first album, yeah. and the lead singer is Rod Stewart, the bass player is Ronnie Wood, yeah. who went on to be with the Stones, Faces, and then the Stones. It's, they, even, they even do the same kind of version of You Shook Me, which was uh, it, it's right. a prototype. Poor Jeff Beck, he just got one-upped by... He, he could just sweet, never get man. a band together. And there's the one song, Beck's Bolero, where Jimmy Page is on it, and John Paul Jones is on it. Anyway, I'll get off no. Jeff Beck. I just no, love giving great. these guys their due, You have man. educated me like you always do. Let's run through it again. Where can folks find out about you? When you hope the record will be out? Website, Facebook, whatever yeah, you GarrickRawlings.com. I don't think there's too many more of me. On my... On my music page, you'll hear a couple of demos and a couple of older ones. On the video page, there's some video stuff that I've done. And keep checking in. I'll put a, a link. There's an old link to the show yeah. we did with Matt a while um, back and, 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 and less. And I'll put the new one on there. And then, and now as soon as I get information and the I'm new stuff out, I'll put it out there. i some music off there to use as our bumpers pre and, pre and post show. Feel free. Um, thanks, Garrick, for sitting down and talking with me. I'm losing my stupid voice again. It's all right, brother. Thanks for having me, man. It's fun. I can't imagine why he would be losing his voice. Ah. <laughs> I job. can't have a show it's his without job. Les jumping on Mike. You know, ah. we almost got it in, yeah. Matt. We almost got it in. He invited me. I know, I know. <laughs> Well, hey, yeah, but we didn't think you'd make it. Once you get, <laughs> once you get that hard copy CD, hit me up. We'll I sure will. Back I sure will. I'm, I can't I'm wait to share it. Imagining you're going to be having a CD release something up here where folks can I'll get them. Yeah, man, I can't we'll wait to share it with stage. you, with you and everybody else. Well, let's man. do it. Thanks again. Thanks, Thanks for Matt. the folks at the Raven. Again, we got Drew Hall, Anton Teschner, Milan Hawk, Gigi Gonaway playing right now. I'm going to go grab some pictures before we get out of here. 
But uh, follow all those guys on Facebook. Follow Leslie Earl Lyman, the uh, the uh, soldier for the scene, not a serial killer. Yeah. And, and I, uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Less is always more. <laughs> all right, Garrett. Thanks. Appreciate thanks, it. Man. In seconds flat, you can look, but you can't go back. Feels like a crime when you miss the sign. Lost in time, lost in time.